Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that takes it way beyond just training and nutrition. I'm your host, Cody McBroom. With me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. And today we got a Q&A. We are going to bounce around. We got some Tailored Life Challenge group questions. We got some IG questions, and I think we got some email form questions. Yeah. We're going to be bouncing around. We got a lot of questions, so this will be just part of the list. If you want to get your question answered, I feel like we should say that on every Q&A. If you want to get your question answered, drop to the form in the description of this podcast. There's a link. It takes you to a form. Fill that out for us. Uh, you can go a little bit more in depth there. Um, but that's where you ask questions. Uh, other than that, there's no announcements for anything. The Terror Life Challenge is coming to an end. I think it'll be over by the time this airs. Possibly. Because this will air next week, right? Uh, yeah. So while you guys are listening to this, we're kicking it with the team. Because the team will be out here. Almost everybody. COVID yep. held back. Our international fam. Yeah. It's annoying. But everybody else will be here. We'll be doing some fun stuff that I can't say. We'll be learning, we'll be growing, we'll be doing some things that require boots, apparently. Mm-hmm. Was that what it was that you were asking me about? Don't play stupid. Dude, I don't read the details <laughs> on things. <laughs> I don't. I just over here trying to act like he doesn't know what's going on. I just signed the dotted line. I don't, right. I don't read the details. I really didn't know that we needed to do any of that. So, um, But yeah, I'm excited. I'm always excited for those. I feel like it's been so fucking long. These are supposed to be yearly, so we had to cancel last year's. But um, three days, day one is like me leading them through like a vision session. Day two is fun activities, challenges. Day three is uh, guest speaker, growth, team bonding. So I'm stoked. It just brings everybody together. It allows us to step into the future plans together as a team, as a unit. Be all on um, the same page. Yeah. And especially like even like what I posted today, just about like dropping off so many different things to allow just more focus here. And more growth in one spot. Yeah. So it's been cool to see that happening over the last three months. And now I have so much clarity that this meeting this meetup is happening at like the perfect time. Yeah. Um so I'm stoked. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be great. Good. Yeah, it's gonna be really good. So I'm excited for that. Um but other than that, there's no announcements for you guys, just more free content. So let's just dive into the first question. Yeah, so last two Q&As, uh, we've gone through a list of questions that came from the members um, from that are... Uh, the challengers. Yeah, the people that are participating in the uh, Taylor Life Challenge in the month of May. So we've gone through two episodes now, and we have about four questions left. So we are going to finish off with those and then get into the other questions. So the first one comes from Gloria Ben Bennett. Oh, wait, 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 real quick. Yeah. Duh. I don't know why we are, forget to do this. We create free shit for people and then we forgot to tell them about it. Um, so we haven't, we didn't mention this at all on the podcast, but we probably should have on all the podcasts because it's been out for a little bit. By the time this airs, both of them will be out. So um, you guys can just go to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash guides. Um, but one of those shifts that we made to just do more for tailored coaching and less and everything else was like, you know what, we're coaches, we're not anything else. So let's stop selling eBooks and let's just give more free eBooks away basically. So some of the eBooks that were, uh, we, we charged for, we're recreating just to update some of it. And we're going to give you those for free too, but the performance bodybuilding ebook, I guess it's just called performance bodybuilding, which is kind of like my style of training that I've mm-hmm. developed from years of being in like the strength and conditioning world while also having a love for, for just bodybuilding, putting that together. It's what I use with the WWE guys. Um, with the conjugate method. It's, it's a little bit of everything. That's, I used to call it like a modified conjugate method. I think performance bodybuilding came from me going, well, 
I use this aspect of that, but I also use some DUP and I also use some of the just classic strength and conditioning, but there's a lot of bodybuilding. So it's like, fuck it. What is this to me? It's performance bodybuilding. For sure. Um, but it's cool. It's an ebook that goes through what is performance bodybuilding, periodization, the different forms of periodization, progressive overload and the methods used to you to accomplish progression, energy systems and aerobic capacity. Like it goes through every aspect of it, power and central nervous system work. And then it goes into a sample program. So you can actually like do the training. Um, that I use with clients and that we use in the Taylor trainer. Uh, and then another one released this week and that's the macro friendly guide, which we used to just sell on the website, 101 macro friendly meals. So it's literally a hundred, it's a recipe guide with 101 recipes with the macros included. Um, there's even some like myself and some other coaches contributed like their favorite recipes to it and stuff like that. So there's some like influencers quote unquote in there. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. So go check that out. It, they're both completely free. They're on the website, tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash guides. And there's going to be more free guides to come along the way. Totally. Um, but back to the question. Yeah. My bad. So the first one uh, comes from Gloria Bennett's. Uh, been working out in an been working out in and out of a calorie deficit for almost a year now. I am extremely proud of my strength and the way my body has evolved, except for my mommy pooch. I believe I still have a little bit of disat diacist react. Mm, I, I'm I'm not not going to be able to pronounce that. Yeah, um, rectide. Yeah, dias dias. It's, that word. Yeah, it's basically look in the timestamps. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's basically a, a separation of the abdominal tissues wow. after birth. And I am doing the appropriate exercise for for to take care, care of this. I know you cannot spot reduce, but this area doesn't seem to budge. I have been in a slight deficit for nine weeks and just cut a little bit more uh, a bit more this week to see if I see any better results. Do you have any tips on this? Yeah, I'm not I'm not an expert in this one specific thing. It's been a while since I've dug into any of the um, the specifics on that. Speci- I'm not going to try to pronounce it again um, or exactly. I mean, really just even training pre, during, and post-pregnancy when there is specific circumstances. If there's no complications or um, tissue separation, injury, anything uh, that needs to be recovered from that maybe was a complication during the pregnancy, it's pretty basic. Like as you're getting closer to being pregnant or to delivering, lower your training volume and intensity and stop dieting because you need food. You don't need a ton of extra calories. I think that's that's a myth, like the whole 500 extra calories, Mm -hmm. like you're eating for two. You're eating for a peanut for a long time and then eventually you're eating for like a very small baby and they don't need much. Yeah. Um, But you do have to eat more than, you know, above maintenance essentially. Um, But at the same time, you got to think about like this too, as a side rant, as you get more pregnant, you don't want to move much, you know, because you're very uncomfortable and you have a living baby growing inside you. So your activity goes down. Totally. So it really doesn't need to be much of an increase in calories because your maintenance actually lowers from an activity perspective while it increases from a growing a human perspective. So it kind of balances out. Um, definitely don't diet is my point. Don't go into a deficit. And then, um, you know, you're going to want to avoid stretching your abdominal wall, overhead reaching, heavy, heavy deadlifts or anything that creates a lot of tension in the pelvic floor. So it's, it's really not that complicated. It's just being safe. And then during and post pregnancy, it's the exact same thing until you're fully healed. Um, as far as that specific scenario, I mean, she said it, you can't spot reduce, you know? So what's the best way to fix it? It's, it's dieting. It's, mm. it's fat loss. It's adding cardio. It's burning more calories. It's doing whatever you need to do to lose more body fat. Um, if you have issues with your abdominals 
because of birth? Because like I said, sometimes, and I believe that's what this specifically is. I can't see the screen, but if it's what I think it is, it's where your, your abdominal wall, the tissues actually separate, which I believe actually happens to everybody while you have a birth because your, your body has to do that, right, in order to make room for a baby, and for your stomach to grow, but they usually repair. So sometimes people don't fully repair it. Or did you Google it? Yeah, it's the complete separate, partial or complete separation of the rectus abdominis, which is an or abdominal. six back muscles. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I might be wrong on this, but I believe it happens regardless. And then the problem that people have is where it doesn't come back together properly. Yeah, it happens during pregnancy because the uterus stretches the muscles in the abdomen to accommodate your growing baby. Exactly. Mm. Post-pregnancy, you're supposed to come back together, right? But some people it doesn't. That's why you'll see some women that have like weird separations in the middle of their abs. Yeah. Even some men get it if for, for different reasons. Like oh. not that, but it looks like that. Gotcha. And it's just a genetic thing where their abs are like all curved and weird and they have a huge line in between. But um, you can train the abs just like anybody else. It's just that they're not going to look the same. Okay. You know, that's all it really is. Now, if you're post-pregnancy, relatively recently post-pregnant, you can't just go do a bunch of crunches setups. You're just going to make it worse. Like, yeah. So don't do that. Like Loaded carries, functional training, stuff like that's going to be good for your core. Um, you don't want to overdo core training right after birth. But if you've had long enough post-pregnancy, you can definitely start adding in ab exercises. And all you can ask for is doing ab exercises and strength work to slowly hypertrophy the abs, build your abs, and then diet to lose fat. That's totally. all you can do. You can't spot reduce because at the end of the day, your body's going to preferentially choose where it loses fat first. There's nothing we can do to control it. There was one study that showed some spot reducing. What they did is they would do a bunch of exercise in that target area and then do cardio. So imagine doing a bunch of sit-ups until like your abs are just on fire. You're bringing blood flow to that area, and then you immediately go do your hit cardio. Is it practical? Yeah. I guess, I mean, you can literally go do like a hundred sit-ups and then do your cardio and it's kind of practical, Yeah. but it's just, it wasn't a powerful enough. It wasn't significant enough to change the way the industry does things, right? Yeah. Because if it was that strong of a study and it showed that great of results, this would be a well-known conversation and topic. Everybody would be doing like women. A lot of times they want to lose fat around their triceps. They'd be doing a ton of triceps pushdowns before they do cardio. It just doesn't work to that degree. So you, you're splitting hairs. You have a better chance of just dieting properly. Um, and the only last thing I would say is if you've been dieting on and off all year, that's where I would say like maybe it's time to stop dieting for a little bit first, periodize it a little bit differently because if your body's worn out and doesn't want to lose fat, it might not be because your body's stubborn. It might be more so because it needs a break mm. and then you jump back on the diet. Yeah. So could be one or the other. Touche. Cool. Uh, we got the next question comes from Christina Femini. Fun my. I'm reading the book. <laughs> I always say Foon Me. Foon Me. Yeah, call it. Fun Me, Fun My. I don't know. Let us know, actually, if you can comment back in, like, you know how Google, when you type in something, there's, like, hyphens or whatever? Yeah, or pronunciation button. Yeah, that would be nice. Send us a video. <laughs> she says, uh, I, am re I am reading the book of the one thing as part of the challenge. I know you have read this book. What are your biggest takeaways from this book? Man, biggest takeaways are what I just did. What I, we were just talking about, um, do one fucking thing. You know, I had an interesting situation where, so this is my fourth time reading that book, maybe fifth, but it definitely my fourth. And, uh, I've, the book's been out for years. So the first time I read it was a long time ago. And every time I read it, it, it kind of re motivates me to, to master my craft, my one craft. And that's what it did this time. But it came because I 
was, so there was a few things that happened. I, 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 somebody sent me a podcast. So I was already having these thoughts and these feelings, right? Like of kind of like I, I meditate and I journal and things pop up in my head of ideas of like, maybe I'm getting distracted with <clears throat> shiny objects. Yeah. Right. Like ideas, mentoring, um, the course, the educational course, eBooks, selling products, clothing, things like that, that it's like, these could make money and some of them already do make money and good money at that. So it's hard not to say yes because I'm good at it and it's it's making me money. It's mm-hmm. making good money. But it's not my one thing and it's distracting me from the big thing that if I – so it's it's kind of like taking one step back to ten, take 10 steps forward. But that one step back hurts at first, you know, because it's totally. like, all right, let me get rid of thousands of dollars per month, cross my fingers and be like, this is the right move, you know. Yeah. But I was kind of feeling that way, like that was the thing I needed to do and my gut was telling me that. And then I listened to a podcast uh, – Andy Frisell's podcast with Ed Milet. I reference him a lot because I really only listen to like a couple podcasts, honestly, and the rest are audiobooks. But Ed Milet said something about how people become millionaires. And it was basically like people think millionaires become millionaires because they run multiple companies, right? They have different revenue streams. He, he, he actually said it was, this is a, uh, a true statement that is not a fact, which is a complete oxymoron. So I was like, what are you talking about? But it makes sense when he explained, he was like, they become millionaires by being the best in their space at the one thing that they do. Once they're so good at that, they become the best. They become a millionaire. They systemize, they have a team, they delegate. Everything is running more effectively and efficiently because they've done this for 10 years and they're the best. At that point, they take some of their money, invest in the next idea Mm -hmm. because they have the resources to do so. And now they become a multimillionaire because they have two, three, four companies, revenue right? Streams, yeah. Exactly. But they didn't become a millionaire by having multiple revenue streams. So he was like, I see young entrepreneurs all the time creating multiple revenue streams, assuming that's going to make them bigger, better, and more successful, but it's actually slowing them down from being the best in their space. And I was like, fuck, that's kind of what I was doing mm. from a financial perspective, but I wasn't thinking of it like, this is going to make me a millionaire. I was just thinking like, why wouldn't I do this? It's helping them and it makes me money. Yeah. Um, but I heard him say that and I was like, man, that's a good point. Um, and that was the first podcast I ever listened to by Andy. And Brittany sent it to me. And she's like, you got to listen to this podcast for a different reason. But that's what I took away from it was that statement. And it came at the perfect time. Um, and then I have a, a – and I was like, man, maybe I should stop mentoring. Maybe I should stop business coaching and just do this and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I talked to two different mentor clients who it was their time to go. You know, they were like, man, I'm ready to spread my wings and fly. Like I got some things coming up. And one had some personal stuff going on. And I was like – okay, great. Like, you know, we're, we still talk to this day cause we're close and that's how I always work with mentorships. It's not like, all right, you're done. See ya. Never yeah. talk to you again, but it was their time to go. And then I kind of sat back like, that's a weird coincidence that the next day I have this conversation, didn't do anything. A few days later, another client, hey, I'm getting deployed military. I'm like, huh, <laughs> maybe that's another sign. You yeah. know what I mean? And then there was something else that happened. And I was just like, okay, like this is like enough is enough. This is yeah. a thing, right? It's supposed to be. Yeah, so I picked up the one thing and I started reading it again and like it just reaffirmed everything that the universe was throwing in my face and I was like, man, I got to make this move. So I essentially eliminated a lot of stuff. We just recently finally pulled off all the ebooks that cost money on our website to provide more free content um, and I got rid of a lot of revenue from other streams and it was, you know, it was one of those things where normally like that would just make shit my pants for lack yeah. of better terms because I'm like fuck this is risky but it felt so right and felt yeah. so good and it was just like a weight off my shoulders and I didn't feel like 
this is going to hurt. I was like, this is going to be really good. It's going to supercharge us. And sure enough, we didn't take a hit yeah. because everything grew. Yeah. And the funny thing is that I, I like, we, we've, we had some ads running on certain plate. We turned off all the ads, all the paid, ad, like everything. And it was like, we're growing organically more. And I didn't do anything different. And this is where I think there's, there's omens in life. And you really do get rewarded for doing the right thing in the right way. Um, it's just life has a funny way of presenting it to you. So my biggest takeaway in in the book is like, you can be good or you can be great. And people who are great do one thing really fucking well. And I can confidently say we are the best at coaching the everyday person that wants to, to be more than an everyday person. You know, like we're not the best at coaching physique competitors because I have some friends that that's all they do. That's their one thing. And they're fucking amazing at it. We coach physique competitors. That's not our one thing. So I'm not going to sit here and say we're the best at it. We are the best at taking everyday people, gen pop, who have an interest in being above average or more than gen pop. They're into the geeky shit. They want to learn more, but they're still just an average person. They're not competing in anything. Totally. They just want to be the average shredded dad at the soccer game or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's what we do, you yeah. know? So uh, that that was my biggest takeaway from it is just that. And just, I mean, and the cool thing about that book is it, it relates to everything and it relates the one thing to so many different avenues of life, even where it's like, you want to improve your relationship. Okay, well, how can you be better as a husband since we're men here? I'll list like 10 things, right? And it's like, well, what's the one thing that's going to really move the needle the furthest and it's probably going to domino effect and all those. Don't focus on all those things. Focus on the one thing that really matters do that one thing totally you know and it's it's simple like uh advice i got recently was the love languages mm. right like what shannon's love language i was like acts of service pick one daily act of service i'm gonna say this because she doesn't listen to podcasts so she'll never know that i'm doing this but pick one act of service I'm like okay so i just pick a random act of service for every single day game changer so much so much like out of just that so much appreciation just out of that and it's simple things but it's simple things to me that are like well that's not a big deal but my love language is an acts of service. Yeah. I love languages, appreciation, you, you words just, of affirmation. I, I feel, was it just reaffirming or like, I feel like you've done acts, you've known acts of service for years. I just I mean, wasn't doing anything about it. Oh. No. You know, and, and I will every once in a while, but it's not like when you do something very consistently, that's where it snowballs. Absolutely. You know, rather than me doing it like. It starts becoming noticeable. On Saturday, I do one big acts of service. Not every single day, I'm going to do like a little acts of service, yeah. you know. And it's the same thing. It works in the same reverse as me. Like. I don't need gifts. I don't need you to do acts of service. I don't need anything. Like, just tell me you appreciate me. I'm cool. You love me. <laughs> like, I'm funny. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy. You know, that's... that's. Tell I'm, me my ass looks big. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one, too. Yeah. Uh, I do, that's not what I'm looking for, but I've gotten that a few times from Just her. affirmation. Yeah. Just Is that anything. the right word? Yeah. yeah. Words of affirmation. Yeah. Um, some people are... Uh, physical touch. Yeah. I think that's my second one. Um, and then gifts giving gifts is, is a love language. Yeah. Um, I love giving gifts, but I also love receiving gifts. Yeah. Well, that might be your love language and that might be yeah. why you do it so much yeah. because usually, and this is why I'm so like, I'm, I'm always texting people. I appreciate you. I love Like when I see somebody, I'm always saying stuff. They'll be like, Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Cause if it's not their love language, they don't give a shit, but that's yeah. my love language. Yeah. They'll care, yeah. but it doesn't have the same effect as it does on me. Totally. If somebody leaves me a note that says something, I'm like floored. Yeah. Like that's like the coolest fucking thing. Yeah. Um, but point being is that's one single thing. Totally. You, know, you can do one thing. And I think it, it goes so much further than you expect. So um, I think if you want to be great, just, I mean, it's even even productivity. I talked about this in the Taylor Life Challenge. People trying to multitask. They were like, hey, can I can I 
does my walk for the Taylor Life Challenge count if I'm like, you know, shopping with my wife? I'm like, no, it doesn't. You're multitasking. Can I do an audiobook? No, because then you're multitasking. Doesn't mean don't listen to audiobooks, but you're multitasking. You're not going to get it. We just talked about this on the Joe Rogan podcast. You were like, how did you miss that if you were, oh. if you listened to it? I yeah. was like, I was doing other shit. I was yeah. listening to it. You watched it. In my opinion, I mean, this might sound harsh, but what's the point of listening to it if you, if you missed it? Like, so I won't listen to audiobooks that I think are going to be like, I, I've never listened to the one thing because it's too important to me. So rich dad, poor dad, that's a book. I listened to audiobook while, while I'm just driving because it's mo. It, there's a lot of real estate talk. There's a lot of tax talk. There's a lot of financial wealth mm-hmm. talk. All I'm looking for is some like nuggets. So every once in a while I'd hear something, I'd rewind it and I'd really like deeply listen and then I'd keep going, you know? And if I doze off, then come back to it. It's not the end of the world. Um, Joe Rogan, same thing as me with Post Malone. I, I mean, I'm not going to get any life-changing information from that podcast, yeah. but I want to listen. Like yeah. I'm bored and I'm driving or do, doing something. But the one thing I, I grabbed that book because I was like, this could change how I operate right now totally, and change my life and yep. change business. So I need to be in it, you know? Yep. But there's, they talk about it in the book and they show some studies of like, how unproductive you are at both tasks if you're multitasking. And it's like fucking crazy. Because then you think like, man, time blocking is actually really important. Mm -hmm. Because if you're trying to do multiple things, they're either going to take you way longer, like unnecessary amounts of time longer, or um, it's just going to turn out shittier. And the cool thing about it is in the book, they say like they actually ask people how they think they do with multitasking. And a bunch of people are like, I'm great at it. And I would have said the same thing before I read the books. Like, I'm pretty damn good at multitasking. You just don't realize it. You just don't realize how shitty you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, how bad the the result is afterwards. Yeah. When it, um, at least when it could be a lot better. Yeah. 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 You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my biggest takeaway for sure. And that changed a lot for us. And it's and it's paying off. And, I mean, we got big things planned. So, yep. it's just going to keep, keep paying off. Totally. Dope, man. All right. So, the next question comes from Monica Ortiz. It says, if you hit your protein and carbs, but still struggle to get all your calories in on a surplus, does it slow you, does it slow down the process of muscle growth? So if you, if you hit your protein and carbs, but still struggle to get all your calories in. So obviously your fats are low. On a surplus, does it slow the process of muscle growth down? Potentially. Um, it's a pretty easy one to answer because at the end of the day, this is where like there is a hierarchy Protein and carbs are going to be the two most important macros for building muscle, without a doubt. However, if you're so low on fats that you're unable to hit your caloric total, you're not even actually in a surplus. Yeah. So this is where it, it kind of gets tough because, you know, if you go, I'm in a 500 calorie surplus, but I've been 200 calories short because I can't get my fats in. I'd be like, yeah, you're fine. Don't, don't like f- force feed yourself. 300 calorie surplus is still a good surplus. You're going to build muscle. You're fine. Um, or if you're actually at maintenance because you can't reach your fats. Now I'm like, well, you're not even in a surplus. So that's a problem for muscle growth. However, if your training sucks, we could change your training and you could stay at that maintenance and not worry so much about the surplus. And you probably would build muscle, you know? So there's so many different routes you can kind of take with it. But for the most part, it's kind of like, at the end of the day, I, I commend you for the protein and carbs being the focus because those are the most important macros when it comes to building muscle. And I would even say they're the most important macros when it comes to losing fat, just body composition changes and performance in general. Fats are there to be uh, a support for your hormones, some other health markers, and then flexibility. You know, if you have an extremely low fat diet, it's just hard to figure out what to eat because foods have fats in it. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've put people through really low fat diets with really high carbs 
many times and it works fantastic if they can adhere to it. Um, so it, it is going to slow your gains down if you're in too big of a deficit from your lack of being able to hit calories. However, I do think it's important to continue focusing on the protein carbs above all else. Totally. Right? Um, and if you really, really struggle with the fats, you just got to ask yourself, is, are you in a sustainable diet? You know, and sometimes it's so much easier. I've had people who, um, I've had many people who like, they constantly struggle to hit their fats in a cut in a maintenance in a deficit. Um, which is ironic because a lot of times it's like pulling teeth to get people to eat less fats. Um, because fats are in so many foods they don't realize. They're like, oh, I'm eating chicken. Chicken's healthy. And I'm like, yeah, you're also eating chicken thighs and there's fucking tons of fat in there. Yeah. But it's organic chicken. I know it's good for you, but a lot of fat, you know, eat chicken breasts. So, but there's people who are chronically low and I've had conversation with them where they're like, I just don't know what to eat. Like, I don't know how to get my fats up. And I'm like, well, let me see your diet. And they're like, okay. I'm like, what are you cooking your eggs with? Just spray. I'm like, okay, well use a teaspoon and have one to two teaspoons of olive oil instead of spray. Spray's still going to have fats in it, and that's what people forget too. Um, <laughs> actually, you know, like Pam and stuff. It's actually funny. So it says zero calories on it, and then it says serving size, and it's uh, a millisecond, I think it is, or like a fourth of a millisecond. Like just something Whoa. stupid where it's like, <laughs> there's like zero calories. <laughs> there's zero calories there because they can do that. Yeah. So then people think it's a zero calorie spray. But if you actually spray the pan, that's one, two, three. Two seconds times. Two to three seconds, yeah. which is how many milliseconds? Mm-hmm. Fuck if I know. Exactly. But it's a lot of calories. You end up getting a ton of canola oil on the thing. You just use olive oil. It's better for you anyway. But that's an easy one. Like, what are you cooking in? Okay, add some olive oil. Add some coconut oil. Add some avocado oil, macadamia oil. There's tons of healthy oils that don't really add any food, but it's it's an easy way to get healthy, good fats in there to add calories. Um, sometimes I'll see people and they're like, oh, like here's my diet. I'm like, you have one whole egg. Let's have two. Mm. right you have one tablespoon of nut butter one and a half you know what i mean it's like just, just add a little, little bit yeah. <laughs> just add a little bit even the protein's the same thing i'm like you have four ounces of chicken make it six you know it's really not that much like three extra bites like so sometimes it's it's right right beneath your nose or whatever the saying is it's like around the tip of your tongue like you can just yeah. do it it's really easy so yeah. um just put in the effort totally yeah and that's the thing too is i always say to people it's like if you're gonna do this just go, just, I mean, just do all the work, just do all the little, like you're not, if, if you, it's ironic because people don't want to, and I'm not saying this is Monica for sure, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people who don't, they go like 80% and they struggle and struggle and struggle. And now we're spending six months trying to get to a goal because they're only giving 80% of their effort when we could have got there in three months by giving hundred percent. It's like, just give hundred percent of your effort, commit your effort, get there in three months and then we'll reverse and spend life at 50% of your effort because yeah. now you can sustain it way easier. Yeah. It's just, just put in the work. Totally. Simple. Love it, man. All right. So this is the last question from the Taylor Life Challenge um, form. We come from Misty or Mindy, sorry, Mindy Westaway. How do you stay upbeat and keep going when you are injured? I There's a little bit more. I finally sought out from an ortho... Uh, ortho doctor and going to PT three for three weeks. Their treatments don't seem to be helping and it still hurts to just walk. So frustrating when I am used to being the strongest, most cap- uh, capable of anyone around. Now I am hurt all the time for the simplest tasks and I am worried I am losing all my progress. So what was the first part of the question? How do you what? How do you stay upbeat and keep going when you are injured? Gratitude. Gratitude for little things and get real detailed about it. I mean like your 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 focus is 
damn, I can't train. Yeah. Damn, I'm not strong. Damn, I'm not as capable. Perspective. And I get it. Yeah. Those are going to come up. You can't avoid it completely. But you could also follow those up with like, damn, I'm fucking alive. Damn, I'm still walking. Damn, I have my vision. Like, I mean, realistically, there's there's bigger problems in the yeah. world, you know? And, and, I, and I do this every time because, like, yesterday... I mean, I was like, I can't train today. Mm-hmm. I was too busy. I had too much shit to do here that I was like, I got to skip training today. I went on a weight vest walk mm-hmm. last night for like 45 minutes because I had to do something. But I got home and I got on my truck and I literally was like, fuck. Like I was just in a bad mood because I was like, man, I hate missing training sessions. Like that's like my outlet. And then I had to stop and go, now I'm going to walk in the house and just be a dickhead. And Blakely's going to be like, what the fuck? Like, I don't care if you train. Yeah. Play with me, you know? <laughs> And I have to stop and go, you know what? I'm alive. I'm fit. Facts. I'll go on a fucking walk tonight. I'll train tomorrow. Blakely's in there waiting for me. Yeah. Like, I got, there's bigger problems in the world than me missing a fucking session. And when I was injured, had surgery, and I had to take two months off of training my legs, and I had two months of just, like, doing seated curls and band pole parts because I couldn't do anything else, same thing. There's bigger problems in the world. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll work out. So focus on gratitude for the little things because I think that'll get you through the bigger things. And then also find a new physio. (laughs) I mean, realistically, like if you're working with somebody who's not helping you improve and it's been long enough where you should, and just do research. Like if you're, if you're two weeks into this injury and you're, you're like, I'm still in pain, be patient Mm -hmm. realistically. But if you're like, man, I've been working with this guy for two months and I'm still not feeling any better, go find a new physio because something's going on. Either he's not giving you what, you need and the next guy's going to next guy or gal or you're going to go to the next one and he or she's going to be like i can't figure this out either and that's when you go okay i need to go find an orthopedic surgeon and yeah. figure out what the hell is going on and you know what i mean and go that route so um gratitude and then find a new physio get a second opinion hey do you want quick easy and fast fat loss so fast that it'll happen in 30 days and maybe all you have to do is take a pill well you're shit out of luck because it's not gonna happen. It takes hard work and patience, which is one of the reasons why I love Legion Supplements. They are open and honest about their marketing, and on the front page, they tell you that supplements don't overrule training and nutrition, but they do supplement a good diet and a good training program. So if your training's dialed in, your nutrition is on point, and you wanna get that upper edge and take things to the next level to get the best results possible for your body and performance, check out Legion and save 20% today by heading to buylegion.com slash boom boom. Now, let's get back to the episode. All right, we're going to transition here, guys, to the Instagram questions. Uh, the next one comes from Sean Clark. What are, are the best tips to get clients to do things like stress-relieving activities? Mm, best tips? I, I, I like stories and analogies, man. Like, I just, just you, you have to find a way to speak in your client's language, which is going to change, you know. Every client's different. And... Uh, you have to figure out a way to kind of be a chameleon. You have to figure out a way to speak their language and get them to adapt the way that you want them to based on the way they think, right? And this is where you give them what they need while making them think they're getting what they want in a sense, right? So like even if I approach the situation, I'm like, hey, so give, giving them multiple options. Hey, we need to recover more because we're not going to be able to sustain this longer. We can either do this, this, or this. Which one do you like better? They're going to pick one and they're going to be literally 10 times more likely to follow it because they made the choice. So in their mind, subconsciously, it's their decision. Yeah. And that's a coaching tool to use from a psychological perspective. Why is that funny? If they pick one. 
you know, do you want to drink more water? Do you want, you, you know, you've said those stories too. That yeah. And then, up. and then they don't. And I say, why are you paying me? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but, but, for this but, instance. But, yeah. and this is a new coach. Cause he said that. And I didn't put that in there, but he said, I'm a new coach. What are your advice? Okay. So, new coaches are afraid to say, why are you paying me? Okay. And I get it. Yeah. It's your livelihood. Yeah. It's ours too. But I've just been doing it long enough to know that they're not going to fire me for saying, why are you paying me then? They're yeah. going to be like, fuck, you're right. I'm like, hey, look, I'm here because I want you to change. Yeah. If you're unwilling to change, you're just wasting your money. Yeah. I can't do anything for you. Yeah. Or you can just suck it up and we can change. And sometimes that, like, brutal honesty is, like, what they need. The amount of times I've been nervous about saying something and then the client responds with, like, that's the kick in the ass I needed. Thank you. And I'm like, so they're going to be pissed. Yeah. I can't even tell you how many times that's happened yeah. because that's why they hire you. I don't hire a coach for him to like hold my hand and baby me. I hire him to be like, dude, get your shit together. Yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah. And you can be more firm with me, obviously, because I'm, that's just my personality type, but be a chameleon and understand how to say, get your shit together in the proper way to your client. But presenting multiple options does work really well. Um, it is a, it's a, it's a strategy from motivational interviewing, psychological perspective of coaching. And it does work really well. Um, another way to kind of explain this is figure out something they're into. So if they're into Cars are always an easy analogy for me. So let's say they understand cars or enough that this would work. Like not doing this, you know, not getting seven hours of sleep a night or not spending Sunday as a rest day, not using your cardio days as more of like active recovery instead of high intensity sprints while we're doing this cut is basically like filling up your gas tank with a pop tire or driving. Like you can't move with a pop tire, but you fill up your oh, gas tank. I thought you said pop tart. No, pop tire. A, a pop tire. Yeah. Okay. Um, or like you're driving, this is even better. You're driving and your client's driving and your client's on E and you're like, Hey, you got to stop and get gas. And they're like, no, I'm too busy driving. Okay. (laughs) At a certain point, your car is going to break down or stop or stop. Yeah. Right. And usually when it stops, something's fucked up in there because you ran it burning fumes out of the oil. Yep. So that's your body, right? So Oil is your muscle, gas is your fat. So you can go, 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 but at a certain point, your body's going to start burning muscle tissue. It's going to start burning amino acids. It's going to start burning things that you want to preserve and save because those things are needed for your health and your hormones and your muscle. Just burn the fuel. Fuel yourself. And sometimes that means taking a deload. Sometimes it means at rest day. Sometimes it means eating, eating more calories, refeed day, whatever it may be. So using analogies with them is going to be super helpful. Giving them options is going to be super helpful because at the end of the day, if I'm like, hey, like we're going to do like you're going to have uh, like do a float tank once a week because that's going to allow you to meditate and stuff. But they get claustrophobic and hate meditation. Why the fuck would I suggest that? Right. But maybe I don't know that because they didn't tell me. So I'm going to say, hey, we could do a float tank. You could go on a hike. Or you could just sit and watch Netflix all day and not fucking do anything. What do you want? Mm-hmm. They're like Netflix. I'm like, cool. Yeah. I mean, you're chilling. Yeah. They actually did a study and they, <laughs> they, they did a study on athletes and the athletes that had, it was uh, an hour of relaxation time and they literally watched TV like Netflix and shit for one hour versus the athletes who didn't get that squeezed in. The athletes who had the Netflix time had better performance, better recovery, everything. And it wasn't because they got more sleep. It wasn't because the training was different. It's because they sat down and decompressed for an hour a day. Simple. So, that's another thing. Use studies, use research, use case studies, use anything. Like, hey, I remember having a client in your situation. This is what happened when they actually started. They, they fought me on it for a while, but once we got them to do it, this is what happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Use names so they yeah. can actually put a face to it. Yeah, as time goes on, use experience. Exactly. Totally. Yep. Um, I've even had people, and you can do this, like obviously I, I'm not saying you should promote my shit, but I've had people say like, hey, I sent this article to my client because they were fighting me on the reverse diet. Thank you so much for writing it. Like, dope. Yep. I didn't write it for your client to work with you and get better, but that's a plus. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? We wrote it for people who are looking for a coach to take them through it. 
But shit, if it's helping all these other coaches get their clients better results too, yep. it's making everybody better. That's yep. all that matters. So um, referring to articles and shit like that works too. Yeah. You know? Helping coaches in the industry be better. Yeah, 100%. Totally, man. All right, cool. Next one comes from Carl Rye. Exit plan from dieting that doesn't require so much time after the diet is done. If you do the diet properly, it's not going to take you a bunch of time. So an exit strategy from a diet is a process that takes you from tracking multiple metrics and having uh, an applied stress. So dieting, cardio, like you're doing things to get to the result. The exit strategy is the process of removing those added stresses to create the adaptation and learning why those added stresses and tactics actually work in order to create the result. And you take those pieces to sustain the result. So for example, and this is the reason, because I think that people get confused with, there's two scenarios, hire a coach, go through a diet. I lose the weight. I've, I'm done. I quit. I, I'm, you know, I don't need to pay you anymore. I'm going to exit now. Mm. Why is this taking so long? I have to do all these things. It, like, that's a reps, reps, recipe for failure. Scenario two is you hire the coach, you do the work, you get the result, but then you keep coaching while they help you reverse the cardio out, reverse your calories up, slowly learn how to intuitively eat. And then once you're actually sustaining it, you've already accomplished the exit strategy and now you go on your own. Yeah. So part of me goes, what's the, what's the best way to do an exit strategy without taking so much time? There isn't. Commit to the process. It yeah. takes work. Like, you can skip the work and you can be upset that it does take some time, but then you're not going to keep the result. You're not going to sustain the result that you achieved because it takes work. It takes focus. You can't just stop a diet and be like, oh, I'm done. And then not expecting to gain weight back. That's what everybody has done in the history, right? But now we go, hey, like, I know you're at your result, but we still got to track macros for another three months. And they're like, fuck, are you kidding me? But yeah, but if you want to sustain the weight loss, if you want to eat more food, if you want to do less cardio, we need metrics. Yeah. Because if we don't, we're just crossing our fingers and guessing, closing our eyes and throwing a dart. It's not going to work. So instead, we're going to track this and use the metrics we have to slowly give you more food, do less cardio, sleep more, like manage this. All those things that you're tired of doing, tracking macros, weighing and all those things actually become way less tedious as you get more food because when we're in a deficit, stress is higher, cortisol is higher, thyroid's lower. We're sick of tracking. Totally. But if you if you stay patient enough to add the calories back in and you're at maintenance, you, you're not that sick of it anymore. I've yeah. seen people actually say they're tired of counting and then I convince them to keep counting macros and everything so we can reverse them properly. And then by the end of the reverse, they're like, actually, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to keep tracking because this allows me to, you know, control my diet. And I'm like, it's because you're not stressed out from eating less. You're eating plenty of food and you don't have that stress. So it's easier to adhere to these things, right? It's the same reason why part of the primer phase isn't just building your metabolism. It's building habits while we're not dieting. We don't put you on a diet right away because I want you to build habits while you're eating enough food so you can actually adhere to those habits yeah. versus me putting you in a diet. Now you're stressed out and hungry and I want you to learn all this shit. It's not going to work as well. Mm. Um, so part of me says like, you just got to be patient. It's going to take work. The other part of me says like, if you do the diet properly, you learn enough to where it's not as tedious, you know, because I mean, even for me, like, there's days I don't even touch my fitness pal, but it's because I eat the same fucking thing every day. And then if something changes, I, because I've tracked long enough, if a small thing changes in my day, I can change it without adding it into my fitness pal because I know what's about what, you know what I mean? And we're never going to know for sure 
the exact grams of anything. We yeah. know that, you know, like I had sirloin steak last night and I got from Blue Max, right? And uh, it was a huge chunk. So I basically cut in half. I have dinner tonight and last night. Like that's just because it's split in half. I only have six ounces with my, with my dinner. And one side of the steak definitely had more fat. But it's six ounces and I'm going to eat it. Yeah. So you're telling me that this side was eight grams and this side was eight grams? No, like this side was probably 16 and this was eight. You know, in my fitness palette, it says 12. So they kind of bounce out a little bit. But it's never going to be perfect. I don't yeah. stress about it. It is what it is. So, you know, like I think once you learn about certain things, you can kind of get a better control of it. And that's that's why I say if you do the diet right, it's not going to take you a long time. Because whether you're tracking or not during the exit strategy, all of it takes less time if you learn properly during the diet. The problem is, is there's a lot of diet companies and coaches out there that just give you macros and say like, all right, get after it. I can tell you what we're doing, how we're doing it, when it adjusts, when the phase ends, no why periodization, nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's why we focus on so many smaller details with clients. Totally. We want to teach them the right way. Yep. So. It's great, man. I think that's the right way to do it. All right, we got a couple more here. Um, Mrs. Dea, uh, Deum Pert, what traits of yours do you want your daughter to develop? Good question. Really good question. Wow. I'd like to hear your answer, too, for your future kid, because I assume you're going to have a kid. Um, I'm not going to have a kid. Yeah, you are. Get the fuck out of here. I remember the first time you told me that. I'm going to produce a kid. I'm not going to have it. True. Uh, but I remember when you told me you didn't even want kids. You were yeah. like, no way. And I, I was like, bro, like, in my mind, I was just like, that doesn't make sense, yeah. dude. You're going to, like, pass on your legacy, you know? And and I shouldn't say that because there are people out there that, like, just don't have yeah. interest and I can't, I can't tell you you're wrong. But when you met the right person, you'd completely change your mind. Yeah. You know? You even completely change your mind about pets. Um, you used to yeah. fucking hate pets. Now you got a picture of you and a pet yeah. <laughs> on your desk. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I wouldn't say forced, but I was, by default, I started to learn. I mean, it's like, I get the girl and the pet, or yeah. I don't, don't get anything. Yeah. Touche. <laughs> girl and the pet. Yeah. But, but now you like the pets. Yes. Do you like the dog or the cat better? The dog. Okay, good. Absolutely. I was going to say, you better choose. You can't say yeah. like, oh, I it's love yeah, them both the equally. cat has grown on me in the last... Four months. Really? Oh, yeah. They're chill. I mean, yeah. I think my problem is as soon as I'm like, you know what? They are pretty cute. And I start petting, my eyes fucking swell up because yeah. I'm so allergic. And then I immediately am like, I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> but they're weird, but man, they're cool if like you live with it. It's, it's weird. So oh. Shannon's mo- mom was in, uh, in the countryside, you know yeah. what I mean? And she's got these stray cats like coming. That's weird. But they're not strays. They're like, they are strays, but they live out in the farm. So it's like, I mean, it's a clean cat. Yeah. But like, we came back from dinner and like all the little kids are by the window, right? And they're watching for these cats and there's like four little tiny cats and then the mom that there's, they put food out there and they're all like quiet by the window and we walk in and mind you, I'm inside. There's no way the cat can see me, hear me. I'm not going to scare away anything. And we don't know what they're doing. We walk inside and my, my niece-in-law, she's three and a half, looks at me and goes, shh, be a statue. And I'm like, what? And she was like, you scared the kitties away. And I'm like, what kitties? I just got here. What are you talking? Like, yeah. just super cold. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Uh-huh. Shan starts cracking up, and then, like, we walk over, and her mom's like, oh, I've been seeing these cats. She texted me yesterday. She's like, which one do you want for Blake? I was like, stop. No. Do not do this. <laughs> you know? You I know. She, oh. she knows. Oh. She's fucking with me. But, um, yeah, dogs are way better. Yeah. But the virtues, was it virtue? Traits. Traits right. I want my daughter to pass on, or carry on. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... For me, 
I answered this on Instagram like really quick, but I think like I put tenacity and I definitely believe that's one. Um, tenacity, just persistence. Um, I've always had like, and it's weird saying I respect this about me, but like, or maybe I should say I appreciate or I'm grateful I'm this way. When I say there I'm going to, go. when I say I'm going to do something like, and it's to better or worse, like sometimes I can't stop thinking about it till it's done, yeah. but like I'm persistent, like I'm getting it done. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's huge for me. I think persistent is a big one. Um, giving is a big one too. I think that would be one that I would want to pass on to her is just like thinking about giving to others or value for others or impacting others and really just thinking. Yeah. I don't, it, I don't even know if it's necessarily giving cause it doesn't necessarily mean like I want to give you something. It's just that like, I want to impact you. I want to yeah. inspire you. Like doing things for others is like, that's the trait. So I would like her to have that. Um, And then maybe like, I would say either honesty or authenticity. I mean, just being yourself. Yeah. There's been periods of time where I wasn't myself. Um, so I haven't always been that way, but I feel pretty good about saying like, I'm, I'm truly, I truly act as myself in all scenarios now because I'm far less concerned about what people will think. Because mm -hmm. if like, I'm at a place where I like, I, if you don't like me, you don't like me. I don't, it's not going to affect me. The people in my life that I care about, like who I am and that's all that matters to me, you yeah. know? So I would say authenticity, but I think a part of that is being honest too, like not lying. Like I can't look somebody in the eye that I care about and lie. I can't look anybody in the eye and lie. Yeah. I just be honest. Even if it f like creates a negative or awkward situation, like I just can't lie. Yeah. Um, another thing that I didn't always follow yeah. growing up, you know, but totally. um, tenacity, authenticity slash honesty, and then just like giving or influencing others. Wow. For sure. Yeah. I don't know if I can name that many, but well, she asked for three, right? Oh. What traits of yours do you want your daughter to develop? Oh, well, I came up with three. Oh, that sounds like five or six, but. Well, I, I said tenacity, but tenacity means persistence. So it's uh, kind of yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to get persistence tattooed. Dope. Patient persistence. That's dope. On the side tenacity. of Tenacity. <laughs> yeah, tenacity would be just weird. What does that say? Yeah. Some people, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody knows what tenacity means. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, like caring. I think I care about others more than myself. Um, giving, um, and I don't know. Just, yeah. I think sometimes I'm too caring, but, and giving, I mean, and that goes hand in hand because when you care about somebody, you want to give. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think they're two different things though. Yeah. Cause, cause you, you act in your own like when you're not around, like let's say in our relationship, when you're not around me, you will do things or act a certain way because you care about me that I wouldn't even know. Yeah. It's because you're a caring person. Yeah. Giving is what you're doing to yeah. the person. Yeah. So I would, sure. I could, you could separate those for sure. Yeah. And, uh, determination, I guess, like discipline, determination. I think my definition and my determination and discipline is much different than yours because yours is on a much, much, much higher level especially the responsibility and what you, yeah, responsibility. You can, I think that can go in a lot of different ways, but you yeah. have a company to take care of. But I think, I think that's, that's, uh, responsibility comes after choices made. You know what I mean? Like, so like, it comes with the territory kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? But I don't think that necessarily makes me more determined than you or somebody else. Yeah. It's different endeavors. True. Because I won't be as determined in a certain thing that you will. Yeah. It's all relative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. So just like, 
just discipline and determination to do something that you love that will make yourself a living. Yeah. You know, like, especially with, like, dating Josephine, like, I, d- I didn't always see it, but, like, especially a woman, if I had a, oh, yeah, this is a daughter. Oh, because she's talking to you. But yeah. anyway, just, like, being independent. Yeah. Like Josephine is going to make probably a lot more than me, but even that, before that, she was making great money, and she has a career, and she was totally sold yeah. on uh, being independent. Yeah. And fucking living life, you know, doing yeah. all the big things in life that society says the male should do. Yeah. She could do and do better. Yeah. You know, so that's one trait that I would like my daughter to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would agree with that. I, Something I, that makes you happy that can make yourself a living. Yeah. Shannon was that way too. And I know yeah. her dad was like really big on instilling totally. that in her. Yeah. So like I would totally agree with that. Yeah. I think like the the determination for you is should be kind of combination of passion and determination. Totally. You know? Find just, something you're passionate about. Yeah, because I think, and, and you put a lot of passion into multiple things. So yeah. I think that's, but that, and that coincides with ca- caring. Yeah. Because if you're doing stuff with care, it comes off as passionate. And usually you're determined because you're going to get the shit done. So totally. they're all kind of connected. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I even think like being, um, I don't know, like, especially because she's a dog. Is my daughter like I like to piggyback off of the She's last? Daughter. Yeah. The last thing you said is just like just not being afraid to be her and in being like and this one will never be like it's instilled in you forever, but yeah. like self belief, like yeah. just like yeah, knowing you can do whatever you want, yeah. you can be whoever you want. That's to determination. Be. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but totally self belief. I love that. Yeah, yeah, and that's it comes and goes. You know, believing what I mean? you can do it will fuel determination. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And this this question actually got me thinking of like. Oh fuck! What are the things I hope I don't pass on to her? You know, and I thought about that too. Of like, man, I can be really impatient sometimes, mm-hmm. and in some scenarios that's great. In some scenarios, it's it's a turnoff. It's not good. Um, I think about a lot of things that she'll never know because it was who I was before she was around. But like, oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, thank God I don't have those bad habits anymore, yeah. or like act that way, or anything as I matured and grew up. And you never, you never fucking sat in the hot tub. With your dad and said, Dad, what did you do when you were 17? Did we? I think I did. Were you I'm, there? No, I'm just oh. saying you never, like, I was just being, say, like. Well, you said hot tub because there was I that know, time that, where I, I we were chilling in his hot tub. That's I, true. I think you were there, weren't you? No, 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 no. no. That oh. was when you talked about the karate thing. But I'm just saying in your <laughs> life, you never asked your dad, yo, what did you do when you were a kid? Yeah. I'm saying Blake is going to become 17 and be yeah. like, tell me your stories. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, I have. Oh, God. I would say this, like, my dad gave me a very filtered version until I was a f- full grown adult and living in a house of my own. Yeah. The only reason I made that comment is because you just said there's going to be, uh, there will never, or she'll yeah. never know about. Yeah. I was like, no, she will. I, I guess I mean more so she won't experience it. There we go. You know, like I think that hopefully. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've even me and Shannon have had that conversation and she didn't know me back then. So yeah. even for her, it's hard to understand who I was. And I'm not saying this for the people that I'm not saying this. Like I was just some scumbag piece of shit. Like, yeah. but I just, I wasn't, I wasn't as determined. I wasn't as motivated. I wasn't as caring. I wasn't as yeah. honest, thoughtful, authentic, like healthy, like anything. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just my life changed. And I think when I, even when I became, uh, when I found out I was having a kid and I decided to, to go and start my own business, man, like leaps and bounds of growth personally from that too, you know, and that changed who I was. Yeah. So um, I even look like sometimes I get the reminders on Instagram or Facebook of like memories I was like pictures of me and Shannon. I got like a comb over and earrings and I even like, and it's like, you know, we go through phases of styles, but I even look at it and like, and remember like, God, like 
that's crazy. Like I, I just remember many reasons why I was immature, like in still more mature than some people yeah. that I hung out with or that yeah, yeah, were my yeah. age, but it was just like, it's just crazy to look back at, yeah. you know, and just you think comb like, over and earrings with Shannon. Yeah. Do you remember the comb over? It was like, I had a big part. I thought like, that was well before Shannon. No, that's how I met her. I was like that. Oh yeah. Um, we were reminiscing about it because her mom, when I saw her recently, she was like, me and her mom get along really well. And yeah. she was, uh, she was just like, she was, I mean, for lack of better terms, talk me up. She was like saying she loved me and everything. Yeah. She was like, I just, but I remember the first time I saw your picture and I was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, it's, you look so cute. But I was like, what's up with the hair? Yeah. And started laughing. And then I Damn. pulled up pictures and I was like, yeah, I, was, I had a fucking comb over. And yeah. I had that big part in the side that the barber would shave in. It was dope at the time. Yeah. I thought it was sick. I can't remember. Now I'm like, damn, like all the hair gel and shit that I had to yeah. have for that. I can't do it. Cool. I think that's great. That was a great question. Yeah, it was. All right. Uh, let me do one more. Yep. Uh, we got blonde, uh, blondie, blonde yoga girl. How do I regain my period after weight loss or a calorie deficit? Mm. Here we go. Eat more, do less, sleep more. Boom. Done. Pretty simple. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this is more common than you would you would believe or expect for most people listening. It's more common than you would realize, but you know, I think it's just, it's, it's truly one of those things where just like at the end of the day, you got to realize like dieting is a stress. Training is a stress. So the more you do of anything, the more it's going to stress out your body. So now caveat, if you are prepping for a show, it is very likely that you were going to lose your period because you get to a very low body fat percentage and you eat very little calories. And usually you have to do cardio, which means that you have a lot of activity going on. That's just the name of the game. You have to expect that. Um, you know, and, and as a coach, you know, I have, I have somebody going through a prep right now for a bikini show. As a coach, my focus is more along the lines of how long can we go without losing the period? It's not like I don't want to lose period. For a gen pop person, it's very much so like I don't want to lose them to lose their period. Like it's, it's, it's a marker of health that we need to try to maintain. Um, so if you're too aggressive with the diet, at the end of the day, it's, it's a survival mechanism. When, you're, when food is scarce, your body's freaking out, right? Your body is, is designed to be in a place where there is no factories and food and microwaves and McDonald's and shit like that. You know, it's very much so like, oh, shit, not enough is coming in. Uh, we need to preserve, yeah. right? So what are we going to do? We're going to turn off taxing processes. So metabolism doesn't have to work so hard, which means period stops. Why? Because it costs energy. And you don't need to reproduce when in famine, when you're in a scarce position of health. So it turns off that process. You know, your hair doesn't grow as, as fast or thick as long. Your your skin and nails don't recreate as fast and long and, and or, or thick or mm. um, they get brittle and dry, different things like that. And so and your body temperature isn't as high. Like all these different things change. It's just part of the process. So what can you do is... I mean, next time you diet, don't go so aggressive or for so long. This is where we have those dieting toggles I talk about, right? We have frequency, duration, intensity, right? So a lot of times people either diet really long for really hard, you know, they're going at it really hard and they do it for a long time, or they go really hard and they don't do it very long because it's so aggressive that they're just turning the frequency knob constantly. So they go hard, then they burn out and crash and eat too much food, gain some weight. Then they go really hard again. And then it's like this yo-yo process. Or somebody gets into a diet, they're super, they have a lot of willpower, and they just keep going. And then they're afraid to reverse calories up, and they end up in a deficit for a really long time. So now, intensity and duration is gauged up. But really what we should be doing is making sure that one of those knobs is up high, 
and the other ones are down low or moderate, right? So you can go pretty hard, but you can't go for very long and it's got to be infrequent or you can go for a longer period of time and it's less intense and less frequent, right? Or you can go pretty frequently, but the durations are shorter because you have diet breaks in between and you're not going super, super hard every single time because you're doing it more frequently. But you can't, it's just like volume intensity. Yeah, Yeah. volume intensity. You can't do a ton of volume and a ton of intensity. You either got to do a lot of intensity, a little bit of volume, or a lot of volume, a little bit of intensity. Mm. You just turn the knobs. Um, Wax on, wax off. Yeah. Um, But that's, I mean, and so if we look at that and just reverse engineer it, you got to reverse diet. You got to bring calories up slowly. And then once you get them up, you got to stay there. A lot of times what people do is they reverse, they finally get their period back and they're like, yes, I'm in a healthy position. Now let's diet again. Cause I gained some weight and I want to lose it. And unfortunately it just doesn't work that way. It took a while for your period to go away. It's going to take a little while f- to keep it around. So when you reverse and you start getting your period back and your biofeedback returns, even if you did gain a few pounds and maybe you're a little uncomfortable, you have to be okay with that. And that's where honestly, sometimes a coach during a maintenance phase is just as helpful or important because it's somebody to help support you while you're not in a comfortable position. Just stay up there, let your period maintain and just be patient, you know, and then it'll stay. Yeah. That's it. Damn. You know? So it's a shitty situation. I mean, like I said, with competitors, it's, it happens. It returns pretty easy because competitors going on a stage, they're aware that they're going to reverse diet. They don't think they're going to get on stage and then stay that lean. Mm. They know they're going to get on stage and then we're going to bring calories up as soon as they get done. And during that process, we do it aggressively enough to where the period returns pretty quickly. Totally. So that's that. Damn. And that's a wrap. Yeah. Um, no announcements. Go grab the free guides. The free guides, the performance bodybuilding guide, and the 101 macro-friendly meals. Um, TaylorCoachingMethod.com slash guides. We'll put that in the description as well. Um, otherwise, we got nothing for you guys. The challenge is over. The, I've been asked a lot of times um, – <laughs> Are you really going to wait that long to do the challenge again? And yes, we are. Um, truth is, is in my opinion right now, the summer is not the best time to yeah. throw a challenge out there. When we do things, we want to do them right and we want to do them big. And we want people to take it seriously. Like if we did it every other month, people would just wait. Like the reality is, is we're not doing this constantly because one, it takes a lot of time. Like we're in there a lot. Um, and number two, I want you guys to take it seriously. And when it launches, fucking jump in and change your life because it literally is a life-changing process. If you truly commit to it and people are floored. Yeah. And I've been talking to the coaches, all the clients that did it, they're all adhering better. They're all getting better results because they're just in a better headspace, period. Dope. Um, so be on the lookout. It's not going to be till September. So be on the lookout for that. Um, everybody who participated, well done. You crushed it. Um, I expect to see you in it again in September because it's only going to get bigger and better. Um, and as always, guys, leave us a five-star rating review. Share the podcast. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next time. Have a good weekend.